Hello and welcome everyone to the AFL Fantasy Fanatics Round Review. We are recording live on Twitter on Monday, the 12th of June, after the completion of Round 13 of the AFL Fantasy season. I am your host and AFL Fantasy Fanatic, Tim Guest. You can find me on Twitter at TimGuestAU. Joining me, as always, is Bales DT. Bales, mate, how was your week? Where were you ranked and who was your plus and minus three? Uh, yeah, Tim, so we're going to get straight into my negative three, mate, but not waste any time. Tim English, mate, absolute joke. Um, wasn't speaking English on bloody Friday night as my captain. Oh, what a what a disaster that was. VC Gordon to English. Um, I thought it might have been a good idea to go a little bit different with a couple of players with a big ceiling, but unfortunately it didn't quite uh, par for me. So negative three to, to him. Um, but my score, uh, I, I just had to get that out. Uh, thank, sorry about that, Tim. But my score, 1935, uh, saw me drop about 1,400 spots. So considering I had a poor captain, it's not not the worst that I dropped, um, not too much. So I'm, I'm, I've planned my buys, so I'm, I'm hoping that my um, ranking will go straight back up in 14-15 with hopefully 20-plus uh, in both the next couple of weeks. So, um, But my plus three, I've normally I give it to a high-scoring player, and I'll leave, I'm sure that my boy may be a guy that you look at, Tim, but uh, I'm actually going to give my plus three to the duo of George Wardlaw and Matthew Johnson. Um when I need a couple of other players to stand up that maybe I didn't necessarily expect to be my best 18, um, George Waller, who looks like an absolute gun of a player, is going to be a star of the comp uh, with his 97. And Matt Johnson um, looking really good for, for Selby's Dockers. So um, he's just looking really good. And, um, and yeah, only 62% game time. But, uh, yeah, just a great player. So that's how I end up going this week. Sure, mate. Sure. Well, look, I think being the easiest of uh, the buy rounds is probably not uh, – well, lots of people had lots of players, right? So there's probably not a huge disbursement in scores. So probably that's why you didn't get hurt too much in terms of the ranks. Yeah. But it also would I was ranked – yeah, ranked – I was ranked 33,753 at the time of recording um, for the week. So a few people went um, a fair bit higher. Yeah, cool. All right, no dramas. All right, well, I'm going to quickly run through my scores. So I ended up with a 2040, which I'm pretty happy with, which has uh, moved me up just a little bit, I think. I can't remember where I was last week, but around the same mark, about 605 now. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, I'm going to give my plus three. I'll give it to your boy, Bales. I think you've uh, you had, a, you had, a, yeah. had a bit of a tough run, mate. So... Uh, Let's give him the kudos that he deserves. 124, had the C on Lady, so, um, but could have gone probably a lot higher. They rested him late in that game. So, um, well, that's what it looked like to me anyway. So, um, yeah, could have gone much bigger. But anyway, uh, my negative three, Tommy Green, 73. Uh, I think his score might have even dropped off for me. So, um, just not good enough when he's my, I think he's my second highest, second highest um, Price player or something like that. He's, he's right up there. He's definitely my M2 anyway. So, yeah, I think, I think he dropped for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's turn to our guest, um, guy that doesn't really need too much in- introduction. Uh, the goat selves, mate. Thanks for joining us. Remember, is magic, mate. I would uh, ask you how your your team went, how you ranked, but obviously you're you're in retirement now. But uh, mate, how's I mean, how's things going over at Marrera's Magic for the year? Uh, good, mate. Going well, guesting and, and bales. Um, been an interesting season of footy and fantasy footy, but we've seen some really good value players go well. Um, some high-end players come to the fore in recent times, but it just feels like this year more than any, I think, with that new uh, interpretation for the tackles and then the concussion that we've it seems like every week there's a either a forced trade or bullet to teams, and if not that, then a flow-on effect of, of who's going to take that role. So Certainly a lot to discuss week to week, as you guys certainly know with the stuff you guys do. Yeah, well, obviously, probably another big one we've got to talk about when we get to the game. A sick dog looks like he's going to get rubbed out again. Um, you know, probably a lot of owners that had held him, so that's that's really going to hurt those people. But, um, but yeah, well, well, let's get into the games anyway. So, um, firstly, we'll kick it off with uh, Sydney defeating St Kilda by 14 points at the SCG. Just a couple of points to note about the game. Uh, Dan Butler obviously, uh, well, uh, got rubbed out for one match, um, but St Kilda intend to contest that, so we'll see what happens there. Um, and Nick Blakey was subbed out with a head knock. But apparently he's clear of any concussion protocol, so he'll be free to play next week. But Bales over to you for the players, mate. Yeah, so uh, Ryan Marshall kicking the weekend off for a lot of coaches with a 129. And if you were lucky enough to have the VC on him, that was a pretty nice score to um, take uh, straight away, uh, first game of the weekend. Uh 
Brad Crouch, 123. So, uh, Holmes, his boy. Um, Selby, is, do you reckon Crouchy is an option um, for coaches a bit cheaper? Can We've seen he can go 110, 115 for a prolonged period. Is it more that because of Jack Steele maybe struggling a bit at the moment, or is Brad Crouch an option maybe for coaches to have a look at? Yeah, it's weird that Brad Crouch uh, comparison because early in the year when he was getting big numbers when, when Steele was out, but we saw back in the last year, last five games, he was the highest averaging player in fantasy and obviously Steele was around then as well. So it's not like he, he can't score alongside Steele. He's just, I don't know, watching him to the eye, he, he, sometimes he looks like he's hungry for the footy and, and demands it like Dacos and other times he looks a bit disinterested. So... Um, I know Holmes has been right at it more than anyone, but the ups and downs which come with him. But he's now at that price point where he is cheap as chips. And you look at the splits up the years, first half, second half, there's always someone who goes up 20 points per game in the second half of the season. He's a candidate. So, yes, he is a um, an option. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got my eyes on him personally for, for this week's my upgrade. Sinclair 107 was... Good for those coaches that jumped on him, and I'm sure there'll be some other coaches looking at him this week with that Ryan Clark sort of tag game out the way. Jack Steele, 88, had a poor first half with only 21 points, but ended up with a 67-point second half. Uh, Tim, do you, is he still? Do you think he's an option after seeing that second half? It seemed like he got a bit of a bit of a bollocking from uh, from um, Ross the boss at halftime and came out well and, and looked a bit better in the second half, but are you still a bit concerned and may want to wait until you see a big score pop or would you be maybe happy to jump on him a week well, earlier? He's someone we definitely want to look at. Um, I mean, I'm sure everyone is dying to hear what I think of Jack Steele, but I'd really like to know what the GOAT thinks because I think, you know, there's going to be a few players looking to move that way, a bit of a zag, you know, especially during the buy rounds. But, yeah, what do you reckon, Selbs? You know, he, as I said, there's always players who pop in the second half, and he was a prime candidate because I think at the start of the year I had him being the highest scoring player in the comp, and then obviously had his injuries the first half, the knee and the collarbone. So I thought, week off, here we are. We'll see him get back to his best. But I actually messaged Xavier watching him run out to even toss the coin at the start of the game. He was even hobbling when he went to toss the coin. He didn't look right. So I messaged him and said, mate, um, he had his knee strap, which wasn't a good sign. The good sign was the shoulder wasn't strapped, but he's still not 100%. But that also shows his scoring power, a high-tackling player, which he is. For him to score an 88 on a looking lame in a weird game at the SCG, we had a 21-point half, shows his, shows his uh, potential. But I, I think I'd like to see him pass the eye test first, which he didn't even pass in the second half, to be honest with you, despite the big score. Didn't even pass the eye yeah. test to uh, flip the coin by the look of it. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he's not not great, but hopefully he can respond. I jumped on him, what, six weeks ago and hasn't been good since. Um, Gould in 83. Uh, yeah, thanks, Errol, for, for that good VC. But it was more down to, I think, Horse Longmire. I just don't quite understand why they were playing forwards in Papley and Heaney, who we've wanted for years in the midfield, him in the midfield, and leaving Errol, who's played well in the midfield when he's got the opportunity he played four. I think he had six CBAs, and the other guys had a lot more. I just didn't quite get that. So I'm not blaming Golden for that one. I'm blaming um, John Longmire. So always destroying their fantasy sides. Sheldrick, 79, be a popular downgrade option this week if coaches um, – well, not coaches, if uh, he's named for St Kilda this uh, – Sydney this week. And Winhager is the uh, potential downgrade option that will be hopefully named for St Kilda this week, who I jumped on a week early because I had Johnson already in. Put up a solid score, so looks all right. So, uh, Tim, we'll move to the Bulldogs-Port game. Awesome, mate. Well, uh, Western Bulldogs defeated Port Adelaide, defeated by Port Adelaide, apologies, by 22 points at Marble Stadium. Um, so, Port are now 10 on the trot. No real injuries or suspensions to kind of talk about from this game. So, straight over to you. Yeah, well, I'll bunch these two together. So, Zach Butters has been been amazing the last probably six, seven, eight weeks. And I know that I'll ask, obviously, Selby this. I know you put it uh, in uh, the insights a few weeks ago from Mirror's Magic um, that about Butters being a very good option back then. And he's proceeded to be a very, very good option. And if, if I'm not mistaken, he's probably the second or third best forward um, since that time and would be number one probably for them for Taranto. But Butters and then also McRae, so 129. So they both got the round 15 biceps. Do you think that... Both are options. McRae, obviously, a bit cheaper and Butters probably a bit expensive. But do you like them both post-buy? I think we might have, Tim, oh, I think we might have yeah, lost I it, mate. Yeah, I can't hear him either, mate. 
keep going through the players and we'll see if we get him back. That's also good. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll move to the other the other players here. But Bont, uh, Tim, I know we're both owners. Another one sixteen was very, very good once again. So another, we're very happy to own yeah, him. Another great score. Um, yeah, really having having yep. sitting in the midfield and glad I went him over the other uh, the other Bulldogs at the beginning of the season. Yep, exactly right. Um, Caleb Daniel, another one ten um, post by. Do you reckon he could be in the mix for those top six defenders? Um, I'm not sure we got Selbs back. Why don't we go back to him? Yep, no, we'll see. Selby, you got us, mate? Just on mute, mate. There we are. Gotcha. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, we'll go. Well, yeah, we'll quickly go back to um, the Butters and uh, McRae um, combo, Selby. I'm, uh, don't know if you – did you hear what I was saying about those yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah. I was saying we've got a very good forward batch this year where even with Taranto and Dunkley and Gould, like some of the numbers they're putting up, we're trying to find our top eight defenders and these – Forwards are actually scoring better than the bottom end of the forward, the midfielders, which doesn't normally happen. So both uh, Butters and McRae I've currently got as top six forwards. Uh, I think Butters is very fully priced at the moment, but we can probably afford to pay fully priced post-buy. So, yeah, they both, you'd want them, I think, both want them both in your team at one point in the way home. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And then I was just talking about uh, Caleb Daniel, another 110. Do you see him being a potential top six defender the way he's going at the moment? I didn't put him in there on the weekend when I put my, my um, rolling 22 or best 22 out. Don't know what it is, but I just can't trust him or Bevo or the role or him as a player. So <laughs> at, as it stands, I don't. But yeah, you just got to look at those ownerships, particularly around the top. And that's where things always get spicy back after year that players like this pop and they're very lowly owned at the top. And if you can get on someone like that, that's where you can make some inroads. But yeah, as it stands, I'd find it very hard to trade into him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I do uh, see that sentiment where I couldn't quite trust him, but he's been very, very good. And so is Connor Rosie, another 106. So just ticking on those good scores, being a bit overshadowed by Butters at the moment, but just quietly getting his, uh, getting his job done at the moment. It's probably a good thing for him that Butters is doing so well, because the tag won't necessarily just go to Rosie now to be potentially Butters will be copying some attention back half of the year, I dare say. Uh, Bailey Dale, 99, uh, just got it done again. Um, probably he's got the buy round 15. Probably not looking at him as an option. We're trying to look at pe- people come off their buy. But for coaches, be a very good score there. Now, Bailey Smith, um, Tim, 81. Can, can he be traded by coaches with that? Heavy round 15 by because he's been a bit disappointing ever since Trelaw's really been Yeah, back. it's interesting because, uh, I mean, look, I think a lot of um, – well, I think a lot of coaches would have traded, maybe like myself, Zebel last week, trying to clear out some of those round 15 players. Maybe uh, – I know some people move Sheasel. I, I know I was probably maybe looking at moving Sheasel, but obviously after – you know, we'll talk about that game later. But, um, but, yeah, there's probably some other candidates out there now that people will be looking to get off. Bailey Smith could be one of them, but um, but look, you know, it's probably uh, you probably typically want to wait until he's by. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, but I think he can. He's one of those guys. If you've got too many premiums, you can probably move him on because I just don't think he's going to be that so, top six yeah, it's uh, all forward. On what you can do with the cash and what your buy structure is looking like. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, English seventy six. It's one poor game. He wasn't speaking English that game, um, but he'll be he'll be bouncing well, back and he'll be fine. It was one poor I score. No, look, I don't want to. This is not me toot my own trumpet, but I I do remember in the past that Scotty Lysett was really a really tough matchup for Rucks. And while we have rated Port Adelaide as easy for Rucks this year, it's primarily because he's because he's been out of the side or he's been, you know, quite clearly lame and carrying something. So. Um, that was kind of my red flag about English on the uh, the Friday spaces, but you know it might be just something for coaches to watch out for looking moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I think that is a good point there. Uh, Dylan Williams, sixty five. Uh, he's probably he can go this week potentially, but he can also go around fifteen with that boy. He's been a very good cash cow. And then Josh Sin only twenty four. He likely won't be there next week because he was very very quiet. So I dare say he may make way. So. There you go. That's it from that game. Till move on to the oh, Hawks got over Brizzy by twenty five points at the MCG. Their hoodoo continues there. Now, of course, we just mentioned before about James Sicily being referred straight to the tribunal for a tackle on him, Cluggage. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he comes out with there. Um, Cluggage was obviously concussed and took no further further part in the game, so he'll probably uh, miss as well. Um, and then Daniel Rich was injured. I think it was a. Sh- I think, uh, and then Bruce I copped a corky as well. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I feel feel a bit bad for the Warren Dog and Roy. I think both those uh, both of them ch- jumped on Rich, and a few coaches did as that underpriced defender. And unfortunately, it looks like it may be a forced trade, depending on if he misses time. But Josh Dunkley's really been the Dunkley we want to see with 145 points um, of late. So he's been very, very good. Sissy 130, but suspended for probably three or more games. So he's a forced trade there. Lockie Neal, Selby. So 124 was talked about um, as that underpriced option. Um, Surprised he took a lot of marks on the weekend as well. Are you more confident with him heading into the back half of the year as that underpriced option that could push the top eight mids? Or do you still see him a little bit off those top eight? Yeah, career high marks was eye-catching. But they lost the game. And I don't think the coach would want him taking 14 uncontested marks in the game. They'd want him winning the clearances, which they got smashed in. So... Normally, here's the way his style of footy is not those high marks. There's a lot more handballs inside, and he doesn't get those big 120-plus ceiling scores. So he, I think he is underpriced. I don't know what was happening early in the year, getting used to Dunkley in the system or whatever it was, but I think he's going to outperform what he's priced at. But I think he might just be a step below the top eight. Yeah, if you had to pick between maybe a popular uh, combo for coach this week, it would be Crouch or... Or Lockie Neal, have you got a preference out of those two? Uh, yeah. oh. It depends where you're sitting. If you want to take a punt, it's definitely Crouch with his low ownership. The safe bet's Neal, given his higher ownership, plus knowing that he is a he's their best player, he's a star of the comp, but he's always going to be around the mark. Whereas, as I said, Crouch sometimes, who knows what he's going to do week to week. And even what Ross, the boss, is going to do with that structuring system of St Kilda, as you know, Lockie Neal is going to be that prime midfielder and he's underpriced so for me it's a lucky meal but if you want a bit of a point of difference uh crouch has shown he's got a higher ceiling at times than the neil and he's cheaper yeah uh tim have you got a preference out of the two just quickly before we move on uh, well i brought in neil this week um um after the sp- only after the spaces i was gonna bring in brochure all week until we had those spaces on friday afternoon so I'm Look, I thought he was underpriced. I mean, looking on the Marrera's Magic website, I could see that he was priced at 99. Um, you know, I figured that was underpriced. Um, and, um, you know, that was a, a pretty safe bet to bring in, leaving me a significant amount of cash for this week. Yep. Beautiful. All right, well, we'll move on to the other players here. Dylan Moore, is he post by option at all, Selby? Oh, it's a tough one. Um, with so many good forwards, which we have, I don't think he is. Um, he was other forwards of the preseason. His scoring was as good as the rest in the back half of last year, and he was probably left behind a bit when we should have talked about the big six. And he's the one who hasn't made that midfield transition. And while his scoring is up and he's playing a bit higher up the ground, he, he's still not their prime choice inside mid. So um, if there were no other options, if we didn't have a year with McRae and Butters and Rosie and Tarano and Dunkley, then maybe. But I think we've got too many good options in there to to take a punt on someone who plays a high half forward role. Yeah, got yeah, got yeah, one CBA for the game. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, Will Day got the buy this week. Tim, do you, is he an option that said you could be trading? Yeah, I think players have been looking to move off him for uh, a couple of weeks. Obviously, he's had a few tough weeks in terms of tags and things like that. So, uh, I mean, look, ninety eight, bit of a bounce back. But um, I mean, he certainly might be one of those players that people are looking to move. Although we might be a little bit, I don't know, people might be a little bit short on defenders. So maybe, uh, maybe he's worthwhile holding. Yeah, Selby, what's your opinion on Will Day? Still got the role, just the scores. Like he got 98, which is solid, but scores of late haven't quite been there. Are you a fan of, of holding him, or is he a guy that you'd look to move on? Yeah, I think guess you nailed it with the structure. So if you need the extra number next week, then definitely hold him and then look to trade in the trades leading into round 16 if you don't like him, because those, those extra numbers can easily... Like we were very fortunate this week that coaches were dropping off 85s 75s, 80s off their best 18. Normal bye weeks when there's six teams on the bye, you'll be having 40s and 50s and forced to play these rookies. So the extra numbers are going to be going to see their value in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think Day's underperformed how he's looked to the eye. Like he's played well, he's just obviously copped attention and hasn't put it all together yet. But maybe that's because it's his first year in the midfield and it might be all year until he starts putting it together might be a next year big breakout but um, I'm a fan of well, I own him in my super coach and I'm definitely going to hold for at least that round 15 buy where as you said Gessie those defenders are pretty light on 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Warple, 80, he's been very serviceable for coaches, but I think he's sort of that player that is perfect to be moving on at his buy. If you can go him to a to a kneel or a crouch or even a brasher, if you didn't jump on him or Sarong, it's a good move. Um, Ashcroft, 74, um, not a bad score. I think coaches will probably still have to hold through the buys just with him already on his buy, but 74 is not too bad, and he can service you through the buys. You can move on. Same with Wilmot with a 68. That was a nice score as well. Uh, to put in there. Some coach would have had that drop out, but um, yeah, very solid for him. Dev Robertson, just a, a name to keep an eye on for coaches. 67, if he holds his spot, he's potentially a bit of a, a guy that you could consider about that 300k mark if we don't get rookies. But if we get a Sheldrick, then maybe not, uh, you know, maybe have to consider him. Then Mitchell, Seamus, and then uh, Weddle, 64 and 61 respectively. Um, they potentially can be moved on if, if you need the numbers in defence with all those guys on by. And we mentioned before, Rich was injured on 52. So we'll move to the next game, Tim. Adelaide defeating West Coast by 122 points at Adelaide Oval. Um, look, key forwards against West Coast. There's only one better matchup in the league, and that is Rucks against West Coast. Um, but, yeah, Jake Waterman was out late out with illness. Chessa came in for him, which added another green dot to my, uh, my uh, field, which was good. Uh, and then Foley uh, injured a hamstring also. Yeah. I was going to quickly say as well, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly, even from a Crows point of view, it would have, would have been a little bit better if it was a bit closer. But um, the big Tex, 166 with 10 goals. So I picked him up in a draft side off the waivers. So I was very happy with uh, that big score. And congrats to him for these 10 goals. Rory Laird, Tim, you brought him in this week, uh, last week it was, sorry, 124. We put the skipper on him. So you would have been pleased that he bounced back to form of the 124 after a poor one last week. Averaging just over 100 for me, right? Still got, yep. still got Perfect, a lifting, mate. Nah, joking. Nah, very <laughs> short. Very happy yeah, this week. Yep. Uh, Dawson, 105. Uh, it was funny. I brought, I brought him in this week as I was quite light in round 14, so I was happy to bring him in. But, yeah, I, I always criticised Dawson a little bit and said he kicks the ball too much when he probably has a handball option, whereas he decided he wanted a handball every time he got on the weekend. 20 handballs with his 32 touches, but he'll be still D1 or D2, so he's still good. Now, the very interesting well, – there's two interesting ones, Selby, so I'll go through the two of them. So Ben Keys with a 99. Midfield usage was up again with the third most CBAs for the Crows with 54%. And then the other one on the other side, Elliot Yo with a 95. So um, I dare say Keys would be a target, but is Yo also a target potentially post their round 14 buys? Yeah, I think both post buys for teams who haven't got the cash gen this year and need to get someone because, as we've seen, at their best, Keys can score in line with the top six forwards and Yo can score in line with the top six defenders, which is what you need from your, your trading targets around this time, knowing that most good teams at the top with the cash gen will be trading in a premium. So if you take a punt on a mid-pricer, early in the year it works well because you're going to get the cash gen and fast-track your team. But this time of year, you're going to be confident they will score on those levels. And, yeah, we've seen enough the last couple of weeks that, Maybe those two can. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very keen on keys myself. Post by probably get a uh, probably go tag Dacos, but uh, he was good again. And same with Yo Rob for those coaches out there with a the 94 Pedler and Jinby, the two rookies with 71. They can both be moved on at their buy this week. Dom Sheed 52. Um, unfortunately, I think he can probably also get moved on just with the sort of inconsistencies at the moment. Unfortunately, with that West Coast midfield, Ryan Marrick uh, post by rookie um, and a hand is a forward with the 52. So look for him. Chesser with a 50 as well, and then Withered and 49. Hunt 37. I think both those two can be moved on if you have got those. So we'll move to the Saturday night game. Yeah, Tim. Freer defeated by Richmond by 15 points at Optus. So here, obviously, just keep in mind that wet, the wet game impacted scoring a bit. Um, Ryan Mansell's been referred to the tribunal for a high bump on James Aish, who, uh, that was a yeah, bad one. who uh, left the game with concussion as well. So um, once again, expect to see him out uh, for next week. Yeah, so I actually go, well, because of James Ash, I'll go the first one. So Matt Johnson, 93, was very good, and Ash being out maybe impacted the CBAs, or may impact maybe Wang, does Johnson have to play a wing? So, Selby, for those coaches that jumped on, they'd be very happy, but for coaches that maybe didn't jump on, is it too late to jump on Matt Johnson, who will be probably near that 400K mark um, before this week? Uh, I can't make a call. I haven't looked at the numbers exactly yet, Price that and that, but I think they like him. And it wasn't just because there was no Omir and even no Aish at the end. He's been getting centre bounces even when coming on as sub um, from his debut. So 
they obviously like him. And Jeff is the junior man, and he even tweeted mid-game that he's come of age, Johnson. So I think they're going to want to continue to give him time in there. So, um, yeah, I don't think you get 93s out of him every week, but I think he's going to outperform that price. I'm just going to wait to see the numbers and see if it, if it means still worth picking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it will depend a lot on team structure. Um, Nat Fife, though, Selby, another player that coaches were maybe getting a one more look at this week. And an 83 looked look pretty good. Looked the, I think looked the, probably the best person he's looked all year. Priced under still under 450. Um, is he an option maybe coaches could go like a peddler to him, like a sideways move to get a rookie off field and a guy that's capable of averaging that 80, 85 or more? Potentially. So he did look great, and I think they'll go back in the vision. He spent more time forward than I thought he was going to spend, especially with O'Meara out. And Johnson spent more time inside, and Aish more time inside than I thought. But when Fife was in those centre bounces or any around the ground stoppages, he made a big impact, whether it was knocking someone over or getting the clearance himself. Like, what did he have? He had 17 possessions and 11 of those contested. So he. I think they're going to realise they need him around the ball more, which is good for him. Um, the only thing is he's never been a natural fantasy scorer and seven tackles, I can't remember the last time he would have had seven tackles. So that score could have easily been a, a 50. Um, so he's he's too risky in my opinion. But um, as I said, I think if he if he gets an added role, which I think he should get, he, he he'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. So he had fifty four percent CBA. So I think he was third in line behind uh, Sarong and Brayshaw. I think so, and maybe even Johnson might have had more. I'm not exactly sure on that, but um, yeah, one for coaches to consider. Uh, Toronto's a gun, one hundred twenty nine. Uh, we don't need to speak too much about him. He's just amazing. Uh, and then is at Pod Ruck one twenty nine. Luke Jackson one nineteen. If anyone jumped on him, he's got one more week. So apparently, Darcy's been ruled out as per. Ryan Daniels for this week, so he'll be uh, coming back next week. So if you jumped on him, you'll get one more week of him. Sarong, 113. Brayshaw, 100. Both sort of did their did their thing. Brayshaw got there with an added tackle post-game, so at least he got his ton for a lot of people on debut. Um, then the Frio duo of Luke Ryan and Hayden Young, 81 and 79. Not exactly what coaches would have wanted um, from their first game, but the wet conditions probably played a bit of a factor in that. And then Sam Sturt just wanted to keep an eye on if he's named uh, this week as he's got that round 12 buy and will play through the buyers. So, um, Tim, I think we'll move on to the Sunday games. That's right. Before we move on to the Sunday games, if there are players you want to discuss, just please make sure you stick them in the tweet below or on YouTube in the comments and uh, we'll review them before we finish up if we don't touch on them uh, as we review the games. But next game is the North game, um, uh, defeated by GWS by 28 points at Blundstone. So not much to talk about here. No late changes, no injuries and no reports. Yep, sweet. So I think the She's Ball, 108 and 92 for those two. So I think for a lot of coaches, they still may be moved on at, at round 15. So, um, But you probably won't move them on this week um, with the Bulldogs matchup. Could put up some good scores there. Briggsy, 101, continued to shine as that number one ruck. And I know a lot of people have compared him to sort of a young Sean Darcy, and he's looking very, very good at the moment. Uh, Wardlaw looks an absolute star, so... He's just incredible um, for only a third gamer. Uh, Lockie Whitfield and Lockie Ash, uh, I've got both those guys. They saved their scores with big last quarters, but I'll be looking to move one or both on at their bye. Um, Stephen Cornelio, um, Selby, so 89. He's, he's sort of just doing his job at the moment, but is, is he currently still in your top six forwards with a couple of other guys maybe popping their heads up? Uh, no, nah, I had him out uh, for McRae on when I sent the email last week. Um, his role's everything we wanted, and we've seen him score in that role. So there's no reason why we can't see a big score soon from him. And he hasn't been terrible. Uh, he just, I don't know, he just looked, just looked a little bit. I don't know what it is. Hasn't, and I've got him in super coach, which is more about his efficiency and damage, and just watching him. He actually hasn't looked great as a player. So um, potentially want to move on that by. I think there'll be a few candidates, but because yeah, you have to take it make a call on one of these decent premiums to move out to field your 18. And that's why there were coaches who did move on a, a Zeeble and a Sheasel last week. Yes, they put up a big score on their head, on your head, but you've done it for a reason. It's because uh, all eyes on that round 15. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. Um, moving to the next play here. So uh, Harry Himmelberg, Tim. So, 
81. Um, but Kingsley said after the game that they're going to settle him in the back line for the remainder of the year. So he's very cheap. And is he a guy that you might look at post-round 15? Hell yeah. I mean, look, we know what he did last year. I mean, I'm not sure what he's priced at, but he can't be priced at very much. Um, so he certainly offers value. Um, I don't is he what I don't even know his positional. Um, uh, so he's a, he's defender defender forward, forward so and he's good flexibility five thirty three. Yeah. Um, so he's cheap as chips. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's certainly got to be on the radar. He'll be about five sixty post buy, so it'd be pretty easy switch for maybe a Humphrey that people have got. Maybe Humphrey to Himmelberg in in round sixteen. So I think he's one Selby. Is he a guy that um, coach should be having a good look at? Yeah, certainly have a look. This. Um... This week as well, obviously I wouldn't be bringing in before the buy, but you won't get the like last year. You mentioned you got Ash and Whitfield. Neither of those two were playing defence last year when Himmelberg went on his run. So we probably can't expect those big numbers. But he's a, they want the ball in his hand. He takes kick outs. If he doesn't take it, he'll be the first one in to get the plus six. He kind of plays like Zebel, but a little bit younger and healthier. So um, yeah, he does tick boxes. Yeah, yeah, I'll be looking at him for sure. Um, Tyron Thomas, another potential post-buy option with 78. Did kick three goals to get that, though, so not a huge score, but just, again, very similar to Himmelberg. Probably watch him again this week to see how he goes because I think it maybe even an LDU could be back. Um, I'm not sure with a Simpkin, and then maybe Greenwood could be back, so it'd be interesting to see him. Finn Callahan, 71, being serviceable for coaches. I think he's one that you'd be happy to trade this week, even with the buy uh, the week after, so he's been very good. And then... Just a, uh, a bit of a flag on Josh Fay and Ryan Angwin. So sorry, Tim, and you dropped. Don't you uh, jumped dare, mate. on Don't Josh Fay. He looked good, but there is a quite a number of GWS players due back this week or next week. So you've got like your, your Isaac Cumming, your Jacob Ware, a couple of others. I don't know off the top of my head. So there's a chance that it could be shaky, but hopefully not, mate. I hope that he stays in for you because I want him as an option as well. So um, and then Miller Bergman as well uh, chipped in with a ten and got subbed out, so he didn't quite. He probably hopefully he didn't have to contribute to your best eighteen, so not too good. So we'll move to Sunday night footy, Tim. Yeah, Carlton defeated by Essendon by 34 points at the MCG. So Andrew Phillips came in late uh, for Massimo D'Ambrosio. Apart from that, no injuries or reports. Yep, and that's a good thing because a few coaches were a bit nervous about Zach Merritt um, mm. copping a suspension with that tackle on Chin Cotter, but he has got no case to answer, so that's good for coaches. Not um, He's on the bye anyway, but uh, it might have been a trade with the two weeks he was missing. But um, Nick Martin, so shout out to Jep who actually mentioned to us on Twitter space about a month ago that Nick Martin was a guy he was looking at and said was a nice pot option to consider, and he's been very good with 400s in a row. So shout out to Jep for that one. I think Zave has been... Talking his like singing his praises for a while as well. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Um, Selby, you'd obviously be impressed with a guy like Nick Martin. Yeah, he's great. Um, I'd trust Jet probably more than Zave come fancy, but it's probably just a lesson <laughs> of back in your gut. Like we see these popular traded in players every year. There'll be a, a few people one I haven't mentioned, um, largely because he's a lot like wingman, but. Uh, yeah, trying to find the next one of him and, and uh, an under-the-radar player who can really make a difference. Yep, he's been very good. So, yeah, Zach Merritt got to his 97, which as a non-owner, I was – apologies for all those Merritt owners out there. I was a little bit uh, smug uh, when he was on 26 halfway through the second quarter and did very, very well to shake that tag and, and get his points. So, 97, he's, he's doing very, very well this year, Zachy Merritt. Um, Doherty, 95, was solid as well. Um, in a pretty poor Carlton side, which I don't quite know what's going on with the, the Blue Baggers at the moment. Caldwell, 92, and Hobbs, 91. So they've been serviceable for coaches, or actually very, very serviceable for coaches the last few weeks. Uh, Selby, if you own one of those two players, you, would you be happy to jump off those two with the buyer this week? Or maybe will that carnage in round 15 with the forward, you'd maybe be looking to hold them um, at least till uh, round 16? Yeah, neither have shown any reason to drop them. So they both look great. Caldwell in particular in terms of real-life footy. And then Hobbs just has this fancy game about him where he bobs up for marks and tackles. So doesn't need to get much of the ball and many CBAs. Just 590 and still generating cash at that. Yeah, yeah they've been very impressive. Especially, uh, like, I've, I've just sort of... Really been impressed with Hobbs's uh, game at the moment. He's doing really, really well. Um, Sam Walsh, 91. He'll be very uh, quite cheap, actually, post-buy with a break, even a 150. So keep an eye out for him as an underpriced premium 
um, and hopefully uh, can't get their get their game sorted. Uh, Redmond, Ridley, McGrath are all solid 89, 86 and 80. But again, I think all three can be moved on. Too many mouths to feed back there, I think. Chera, 82. Um, again, he could be one that you can look at moving if you're owning of him. Chincotta, 55. Again, I think another one that can be moved. And just want to mention Paddy Cripps, 45. He's now, I think, three sub-70 scores in a row. Just the drop-off there, Tim. It's been quite drastic, I think. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I don't think many of us have gone anywhere near nah. this year anyway, so probably doesn't impact anyone. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention it. It was just quite quite stark looking at it. Yeah, but um, there you go. Just, yeah, they look like a mess. But anyway. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Final game. Sure. Great game. All right. Well, yeah, exactly. Great uh, game on the King's birthday. Feels weird saying that for the first time. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so Melbourne defeated by uh, Collingwood by four points at the MCG. So late changes. Uh, there was uh, one with uh, Genevan being replaced by Reef McInnes. Apart from that, a couple of injuries. Tomlinson did his hand. Viney, a shoulder and more an ankle, but uh, we'll see how they play out during the week. Yep. Uh, Jack Viney top scored with 135. So shout out to the coach that got him in draft. And same with Jack Crisp, 131. So um, Tom Mitchell, 121. Um, he's had a couple of good games in a row, Selby. You still a bit concerned just with that Collingwood game style? Or is he a guy that may post by if he puts up some more games like this, he could be an op- a sneaky under-the-radar option? Yeah, I'm starting to think sneaky under the radar option. We keep talking about the the game style, but there were like Dacos is scoring well, Dugowie's showing when he needs to, he scores well. So I think back half of last year, second half of the season, no player averaged over ninety. Um, but we I think we're seeing different scores this year and if there's scores to be had, he seems to feast on them old Tommy Mitchell. So yeah, I wouldn't rule him out. Yeah, yeah, that's back to back one twenty, so definitely one to keep on the radar. For coaches out there, uh, Petrarca 103. So, again, just ticked over the ton for coaches, on, and he's got the bye this week. Nick Dacos as well, uh, getting his ton with a 101. Darcy Cameron, Tim, has been very, very good uh, last couple of weeks with 96 and a pretty tough matchup, and only had 13 hitouts to get to that. So, just having a look at the CBA numbers in that game. So, he again, he had the line share with 13 to Mason Cox's eight, and I know that Darcy Cameron did get stuck on the bench for a period in that second quarter. So, um, I think you jumped on this week, but for coaches, there is just still an option post around fourteen by. Look, it's going to be tough. I mean, we've just got so many forwards. Um, I mean, even like Sel was saying before, like we're probably even finding that a couple of those forwards are maybe even kind of uh, um, milk. Well, you know, moving into the, the midfield there. So, I mean, off he he does. <laughs> excuse me, he does offer value. Um. But I'm not, you know, I think the time to bring him was probably a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, for that West Coast um, yeah. matchup. So both have got, so he's got the bye, and then so does Ben Keyes. Selby, if you've got, if you had to pick between Ben Keyes and Darcy Cameron, have you got a preference between the two? Uh, I think it'd be Cameron because you know he's going to guarantee be their number one ruck the rest of the year. Whereas Ben Keyes, as you said, he could be playing half forward on Dacos next week and forward pocket the week after. Who knows? So. Um, yeah, lots of options, which is a good thing. And the more normally this time of year, there's not many options, but everyone's pretty set on who they want to get in. So teams become pretty similar. But I can see where we'll see lots of different paths for teams to go on the back end of the year post buys, and we'll, we'll see a bit of a shake up. Yeah, yeah. So I think I like Cameron for that that security blanket for if English or Marshall, if anything touch would happen to them, you could just switch Cameron into your rucks and bring in another player, another position. Um, Max Gorn with an 84 there. So coaches have got him. Um, you're probably still, you're still holding through the buys, but just not quite the scores with the sharing of the ruck with Grundy there. Um, Angus Brayshaw didn't, has, still hasn't quite put up those scores want with an 80, but Salem put up a hundred, which was good to see for him, but we still probably would need to see more from him if we were to consider him um, a genuine option to look at. Um, Kay Chandler, 62, and Jacob Van Royen, 49. Tim, would you be happy to move off both those guys with their buy or maybe yeah. hold? No, no, look, I think – well, I mean, it depends how you look at it in round 15, of course. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we're all looking to get off those kind of players and get a finished team or, get, you know, getting primos for a finished team after the buys, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and I hope uh, those coaches out there did jump off Cosy Picks, another 41, just not quite putting up those scores, not playing midfield. So, 
Um, I believe that that is it from that game. So I think that's uh, we've got through the games, Tim, pretty quickly. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and look, I know uh, Selbs doesn't have a huge amount of time with us today, but I thought um, I thought what we might do before we uh, we let him run off is just kind of quickly run through who he thinks you know the kind of top targets to kind of trade in might be this week. Sorry to uh, put you on the spot, Selbs, but uh, what do you think, mate? Uh, yeah, so it's normally you trade in players coming off their buy, but we're in a rare situation where there's only two teams and I think neither team would have a lock for best 22. Probably Tom Stewart would be closest to that in defence and potentially Noah Anderson in the midfield. But you might then have to look into the players you missed like the week before, which there were a few, as you said, Neil now showing his... And, and great. So um, for me, it's probably a yeah, Sinclair down back. Midfield, I don't mind the buy low on Noah Anderson. And what's the forwards looking coming off their buy? I'm not sure if there is any really. I think, I think only Jeremy Cameron, I think a few people have maybe floated the idea about. I don't know what your thoughts are on him. Oh, I think he might be a plug and play. and that's a luxury with the AFL fancy with these unlimited trades and teams looking like they're going to be have no rookies on the field. We might be able to play things like this, and if I've got a West Coast matchup, bring him in for one game only. But I don't know what it is. It's been years since we've had a, a key position full forward as a top six forward. So in a year where we've got Jack McRae, Taranto, Dunkley, Butters, Rosie, I, I doubt um, we're going to see a, a full forward in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyone else, Tim? That maybe you've maybe so we didn't mention that you've got your eye on as a uh, coming off their buy or already had yeah. their buy. Yeah. Look, I'll be looking obviously probably at Jack Sinclair down back. Um, I do need a defender. Um, so he, you know, especially after he got his one hundred and seven uh, this week. Um, and I was looking for a little bit more confidence in terms of the role. So I guess that kind of, you know, got that extra week to look at him and. Um, yeah, it makes me feel a bit more comfortable about bringing him in. But I'm probably on the other side of things would be rookies to bring in. And, uh, I mean, for me, I think that the kind of standout is probably an Angus Sheldrick, although obviously we do have concerns about his job security. But, um, I mean, he probably won't be too much over $200,000, um, depending yes, on, um, you know, how he, how the price change comes out when uh, lockout lifts. But, um, but yeah, I think that's what most people would be looking go, to going to down to. And, uh, and they're, yeah, looking at what players they missed last week in terms of the, the, those, the teams coming off their, uh, their round 12 by. Yeah, so Sheldrick had a break even a 63 and uh, um, he scored 79. So he won't go up much. But the big flag I would say with him is that uh, Luke Park will be back this week after his suspension. Then Callum Mills was listed as one to three. So a bit of a watch on well, him. I think we're all hoping he gets named Mills because then he might be an option in round 15. The other one I probably do want to ask Selves about before we let him go is um, I think the other one that might be uh, high on the trading list is Marcus Windhager. What yeah, do you think about him? I've, I've always liked him, but I don't think Ross likes him. So bit trickier. There's a watch for Sheldrick. Let's just see how much he does go up. Um, the old Wonkster had his break even more towards the 40s, which could see him jump almost 39k this week. So we'll have a look. Um, I know lots of people have it was 66 or whatever it was and I think people went Marrick over Sheldrick for that reason. But yeah, let's have a look what, what price he does go up. I reckon he might go up a bit more than the 2 or 3k, which... Um, the bigger break even would have done. Yeah, perfect. So uh, I reckon that's it, Tim, from the options. You yeah. just want to run through the content creators cut? Well, look, what we'll do is I might let Selbs uh, jump off. I know he's going oh, yeah. to um, do the uh, child daycare runs. So, uh, mate, just once again, you know, thanks for all you do for the community. I mean, obviously, saw you up uh, at the Frio game a couple of weeks back, uh, donating all the money to Starlight. So great work there. And I know, obviously, you always uh, credit, the, you know, the members. Um, as well, but uh, obviously you put all together the content, so we just appreciate everything you do. And mate, just thanks very much for coming on, uh, coming on the uh, AFL Fantasy Fanatics. No, cheers, boys. Love what you do, and yeah, I do credit the members because they are the ones who do support. And just even looking at the list now, he's jumped on the list, and um, there's some good names there who are very familiar to me. So big shout out to them, and, and thanks again. We'll chat to you all soon. Awesome, mate. Cool. Thanks, Selbs. 
Great. Well, before we finish up, and uh, maybe I'll run through this, and Bales, you can have a look through the uh, comments and stuff like that just to see if there's any other players we're going to run through before we finish up. But, yeah, yep. AFL Content Creators Cup, proudly brought to you by Infinite Wealth, helping you reach your financial goals faster. Um, uh, hang on. Clicked off the page and then forgot what I was saying. <laughs> um, where winning coaches will get $5,000 for their favourite charity. Now, in mind, there's something special for every AFL fantasy coach available too. So head across to infinitewealth.com.au, AFL fantasy to claim your free five-module online learning program, the Fast Track Freedom, which includes it's got printouts and exercises and there's people you can reach out to support and you get to work on your personal situation and learn how to make your money work hardest for you as you go through the program. So you can learn how to pay your mortgage off up to three times faster how to save thousands on tax every year and how to build your wealth and replace your income. So head across to infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL fantasy. But yeah, let me now jump across back to my other page. So a couple of things I just want to acknowledge first of all was the results from the week. So uh, we had a couple of pretty big scores. So Holmesy got a 21.63, which I think was the, the biggest score for the week. But then also big credit to Mitch who um, – uh, had a 21.09. So I think Mitch is doing pretty well. Obviously, lockout hasn't lifted, and I haven't prepared myself well enough to be able to tell you how you're all going. <laughs> so, he's, uh, so he, yeah, he's currently uh, he's 5.36. Coach, currently the yeah, top-ranked so coach overall, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's taken the, uh, the award off me. So uh, big week for him, mate. So uh, he's been really moving the last few weeks. So uh, great work to Mitch. Um, but, yeah. Like I said, lockout hasn't lifted and I haven't prepared myself to figure out how we'll do the coaches, Sean. So I think that's uh, about all of the update we'll do on the AFL Content Creators Cup this week, mate. Yeah, and um, uh, any, Bale's uh, lost again. Bale's lost again. Oh, yeah, mate. Yeah. Um, it's not been a good year for you, has it, mate? No, it's uh, a bit of a stitch up here, but um, yeah, <laughs> I still think I can win a few on the road home. So let's see how we go on the on the way that's back. That's all right, mate. Let's fingers crossed. All but, right. Yeah, so in terms uh, of just a couple of. We haven't got yeah. sort of too many player recommendations, sort of just more a couple of like sort of just trade out um, questions. So just sure. Sam just had the first one. Who would you trade out first out of Caldwell and Hobbs? Would, oh. you trade the more, would you trade the one that's more expensive in Caldwell or would you trade out the one in Hobbs who Caldwell's probably got the more CBAs out of the two? God, I would love to give an opinion on this, but I haven't – Caldwell, I haven't really been watching Caldwell at all. Um, what do he score? What's he priced at? Um, well, I, think I imagine me, people probably brought him in a couple, you know, a couple of weeks ago with obviously all those Essendon midfielders going out. What did he score? He got a ninety-two. He's got his buy this week. Yeah, look, you. I mean, once again, I, it's all very dependent on how people are, sh- you know, shaping up in round fifteen. Because I know for myself, yeah. um, you know, I've I've still got to make trades to make sure I've got enough players for round fifteen. So um, that will be my focus, and I think that will make more of my trade decisions this week than specific players. I don't think there's anyone that I can think of that in particular was tanking. So I think it's more how, you know, what suits your particular team in terms of what's going to be the best moves for this week. But, um, you know, like the only thing that I would offer, like I did sort of um, talk about a little bit on the spaces, was one thing you could consider, and I know there's a lot of content creators out there talking about, you know, kind of getting as many green dots as possible, and obviously there was a real benefit in doing that this week. Um, or we, you know, we pretty much had that this week. Um, but I, I think there's also merit in maybe trying to go closer to the 18 grand dots and just make sure you've got more primos. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's one thing Yeah, you, you've been mind. very big on that. You've been very big yeah. on that strategy. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the truth is is that it's not so much about your grand dots, it's about your primos. I mean, they're the players that score and the scores that are really going to count. So, um, so um, you know, I mean, if you can have... 18 green dots, but 16 of them are primos. I think that's better than having 20 green dots and, you know, maybe 14 or 15 primos. So, um, yeah, but obviously it's all team dependent, which is the yep. catchphrase of the buy period. Um, <laughs> um, and look, you know, we, we're maybe not looking as desperate as we once were. I mean, I know for me, you know, Josh Fay played this week, Campbell Chesser played this week. Um, you know, Ryan, Matt, Ryan Marek, Sheldrick, Winhager. Yeah, Johnson. Matthew Johnson, Wardlaw. I mean, George, Johnson and Wardlaw, I mean, potentially they can be played on field, you know, once um, once we kind of come out of the out of the buys. So, um, yeah, so Harvey Harrison, another uh, another rookie that scored okay. It's going to be generating some cash for players as well. I mean, you wouldn't play him on the ground. But, um, yeah, didn't, but yeah, yeah I forgot to mention him. Um, yeah, what did he score but, in the end? I don't actually know. Uh, 54, 54. Okay, so that's solid enough. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, maybe not as dire as what we once thought. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, just keep making your trades. Probably going to be a little bit easier this week. We've got an extra week to look at some of those players. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just keep, uh, keep your eye on round 15. The only thing we've got to realise is we've only got, uh, what, two nights um, and then we've got uh, the next lockout because we've got Thursday night. So I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. Uh, I want to put this round the bed. Um, it's been a tough one. But I would probably trade Caldwell before Hobbs just with because he's going to be a bit more expensive. Um, and the uh, EV said, uh, who's the best uh, and most trust option defender to bring in? He's, uh, they've got Dawson, Dacos and Stewart. So is it Sinclair because they've got Stewart? Is he probably the next best defender that's come off their buy, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking at this week myself. And I think the answer is Stewart, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, probably Sicily was the other one that we might have been looking at. I mean, obviously with buy coming, but um, but now that he's been rubbed out, I mean, that kind of puts a line through him. So, yeah, Sinclair seems to be the other option. Well, um, you did actually answer this one. So Ms. Trickle Downs uh, said, uh, would love uh, some buy strategy advice, please. If you can field 22 and you're having a good round. Sorry, Bales had dunks VC. Uh, thanks for reminding me of my poor choices with VC and C. Um, she said, are you better off fielding a couple of rooks to score low so small scores get knocked off your final score or better off fielding high score as possible? So obviously you've mentioned that you're big on having those 18 players right. with 16 premises. Or if you can get 19 or 20, that's great. But you just want as many prems as possible compared to having 22, but eight of them be rookies. Look, it's, you know, it's risky, but you're aiming for the reward. And, and, you know, I guess that's what I'm going for because I think that's the opportunity that the buyers create. It kind of creates carnage and chaos and, you know, it kind of um, you, you want to try and use that time to get aggressive and move ahead. So, um, but there, there's certainly merit to both strategies. I don't think there's a right answer necessarily, but, um but, you know, I'm trying to squeeze every last point I possibly can out of my team to, to climb ranks. So, yeah. you know, you're going to, you know, fly a little bit too close to the sun times, sometimes and you're going to get burnt. But, you know, that's the game you play. Yeah. Well, my strategy's been a bit I've wanted to make sure I've got 22 or 21 in rounds 14 and 15 to try and capitalise on um, on those uh those tough bye weeks, so hopefully I can I can capitalise on that. So I've gone a little bit different, but um, that's probably more the fact I've had uh, been a little bit lucky with more green dots. So I've maybe been able to do go that way. So just the thing we obviously talk about strategy, but some of it, a lot of it's dictated by what rookies get named and if they keep their spot, what premiums get injured, or what premiums are doing well, stuff like that. So it is it is team dependent, but you can also try and fit your strategy one way or the other. Um, I like this one from Ben uh, Neil or Sinclair this week. Fit to pick one. I what are they priced? At? They're very similar. So Neil will be roughly about eight fifty odd. I think Sinclair will be about eight thirty five. I'm still Sinclair for me because I think he's close to a top six defender than what Neil is a top eight. But yeah, that's that's probably a good call, Bars. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, Robert uh, said, other than Sinclair and Stewart, who's the best option? So I'm just thinking off Tom ahead. So no Geelong, no Gold Coast. It's probably. Probably got to be a, a Lloyd Young, Ryan. Um, there's no Brisbane defenders, um, and that's the same yeah. defenders and free. So, if you had to pick one of those three, Lloyd, Lloyd, Ryan, or Young, is there a preference? So I'm not keen. I'm not keen on any of them. But so here's what I would ask the person who asked this to consider: Can you get away without running a defender? This you don't need six defenders this week. Like, we're only playing best 18. So, um, I mean, at, at the moment, I've technically got two rookies on field in my defenders. I've got Chesser and Faye on field. Yeah, okay, I've got Stewart to come back in, but I was potentially running a red dot with Faye or Chesser sitting at D6. So, I wonder whether you might be – because I don't, I don't really like any of those options. I, I think yeah, you're better I, off I, waiting I a week. Yeah. Um, and, and bringing in a Dawson or a Dacos or someone that you don't have. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, just quickly, just you mentioned Chester. Do you think he's going to hold his spot in the Eagles 22? Look, he had some good moments um, in the midfield. Played, I, had their nice CBAs. I think the plan with West Coast, it's not so much about whether he's going to hold his spot or not. Um, they were planning to run him in the waffle to give him some confidence and get some form into him. Um, and it would just... It was going to be a pure circumstantial thing that they would have him play, and that's why I imagine he was the sub, you know, so to give him a bit of a game, but to give him as much time. But of course, there was that late change which brought him in. So, um, I, 
I think he will probably go out of the side because they're, they're looking to rest him, but I don't think that's because of will have anything to do with, um, you know, how he's playing. Yeah, yeah agreed. Um, but we all know how, you know, um, decimated the Eagles are. So it's it's really is just a week-to-week proposition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Braden uh, said he's a fan of Nick, uh, Nick Martin and said if he's an option after his buy, but we were talking before he's been a good pick, but you want those... Guys are going to be in around the top six, so I think it'll be too expensive to consider as an option, unfortunately, there. Uh, Jason was talking about Mills, so um, if he's the only premium that he can, he can get to that he likes, is it fine if he's named this week to go a week early, even with that high break-even, or would you be still steering clear and going for another option if you can help it? Yeah, I'd, I'd like that as an option. I, I don't think so much at this time of the year. Um you know, his break evens like don't really come into it so much, right? Like what I mean, he's he's gonna be pretty lowly priced because of obviously how he was seven thirty nine. Yeah, exactly. One forty nine right. break even. At that price, I couldn't give a shit about his break even. Um <laughs> like uh and I think particularly for um coaches out there that are looking to be aggressive if he is named, um, I think there is a, a, a lot of merit in moving it early because we know that that guy has the potential to be a you know top four midfielder. Yeah, I, I'm still yeah. If you can't help and he's the best you can get to, I guess you can go early and cop that cash hit. But I think most of us would probably say you'd rather wait a week to watch him, make sure he's all good, and then bring him in. But if that's no, best you I, can get to, if that's the best I, you can get to though, because there's not many options around that price coming off their buy, I think it's it's okay I, to, to I launch disagree. it. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. I think, I think with jump. this kind of player, right, look, I think with a lot of players out there, you're right. You do want a, a week to see him. But he's had a good break, right? I don't think they're going to be bringing him back unless he is okay to play. And I think the analogy here, it's kind of like when I play poker with my mates, right? If you've got a good hand, you either bet or you don't bet. You never limp in, right? So See, like, I like I that think, one. Good one. Right? You've either got a good enough hand that you bet with or it's not good enough and you fold. You don't bloody limp in, right? So anyway, that poker strategy for another day. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, I think that there's an opportunity in the buys to make a move. And, you know, I mean, I, I guess if you want to sleep, you know, nicely at night, maybe don't do it. But I'm, I'm in this game to be as ranked as highly as I can. And I think I think that would be a, a real solid move that coaches could make. And that, that would be something that I would be looking to make as well. Yeah. Um, final two here as well. Just Henry was saying my score is less this week uh, than last week. Uh, uh, is it something that just happened during the buyers? And, yes, it just scores fluctuate depending on how many you have playing, how many premiums you've got, how high they score, how low they score, how your captain goes. So it does just fluctuate. But as a lot of coaches say, you sort of take the, the buyers as a four-week block. Normally it's three weeks, but this week's four. Four-week block, and if you've risen – through the buys, then that's what you want. So it's all almost one big round stretched across a month. So um, it will fluctuate, but hopefully you can uh, – you might have had a poor week, but hopefully you can bounce back this week and uh, next week like myself because I had a poor one. So hopefully we can respond. Then the final one uh, comes from Lauren here. So she's saying, uh, trade Sheasel to Sinclair this week um, or would you wait till Sheasel's buy? So this is a little bit similar to the uh, Mills one. Are you happy just to – if you can get Sinclair now, would you be happy to move off Sheasel? Mm, it's so he's got the Bulldogs this week, Sheezer, which is a good matchup for defenders. He's playing a bit more midfield, um, though. Um, I mean, this is something I might even be considering myself. But my, my immediate reaction, so I haven't thought about it well enough to give a good answer. By but my immediate my immediate thought is that I would probably be looking to hold Sheezer a little bit. Uh, I, there's probably someone else I might be looking to get off. I mean. Uh, look, I didn't see that game. How did you see his role? He was, yes, midfield, sort of midfield, halfback. He sort of moved a little bit around everywhere um, and and did and obviously scored pretty well. But if, if you're heavy round 15 especially, I think it's fine to, to jump a week early. You might take a point sure. this week. But but if you, if, if you could hold him, would you hold course. him? Or would you if be you, looking at getting up? If, getting if, you could, if you can hold him and you're mm. fine for next week, mm. I'd, I'd probably hold for an extra week. Yeah. With yeah, that good cool. matchup, so, All right, good. so his, his break in was one seventy. He got a ninety two. He's not going to drop down too much. Um, no. So, yeah, I think it'd be fine. So, cool. perfect. We had a few other questions, but um, we'll obviously have to we'll wrap it up now. Anyway, we've been on for a little bit, but appreciate everyone that sent through their questions. 
Awesome. All right. Well, for finally, just, you know, once again, thank you very much to Selbs for coming on. You know, obviously we appreciate him and all the work he does for the uh, community. And, of course, if you're not a member of Marrera's Magic, then who, you know, what the hell are you doing? Get across there. Sign up. <laughs> obviously, it's for a good cause and you get all the uh, the great advice from the GOAT as well as um, the stats. I mean, you know, the buy planner for me. Um, on the Marrera's Magic website has been uh, invaluable as we move through the buys and I think it's really, really helped in terms of my scores. Um, so, um, but apart from that, thanks for joining us and in particular, thanks to those uh, who sent in questions. You can uh, send your questions to us on Twitter and please follow us along on AFL Fantasy Fans. Don't forget to tune in each, each week after the final siren of the round for the live Twitter space and remember normally at uh, about 2pm Eastern Standard, 4pm um, Western Standard on a Friday, we normally do our pre-lockout chat as well. And remember, you can listen to these spaces on the AFL Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, please subscribe to the pod and give us a five-star review. Actually, we don't really have too many reviews. It'd be great if people could jump across there and, uh, yeah, give us a like or a recommendation of five stars and tell us how awesome we are or something along those lines. <laughs> but Bales, mate, where can people find you? Um, at Bales DT on Twitter and Trudy Bales HD on YouTube. If anyone's listening to the Twitter space, uh, you can head over to YouTube now and I'll be answering more questions uh, if you guys want that answered um, and going through that. But I'll just quickly say as well before I hand it back to you, Tim, uh, I haven't, we, you probably haven't looked too much at trades, but in terms of just nah. early, early moves for me, I think I've looked at maybe Pedler to Fife, um, maybe another, another rookie um, across maybe down to Sheldrick, maybe bank a bit of cash and then going someone like a, maybe a Lockie Ash a week early or Will Day up to a, a Brad Crouch or a Jack Sinclair. That's sort of what I've looked at. Um, and then, Tim, where can the people find you, mate? And if you've got your trade, sort of any any plans, nah, feel free look, to share. Oh, look, I know that Caminiti will be going out probably for Sheldrick. Um, I've got 200K in the bank as well. So plus that will give me about 380 and then, yeah, I'm not sure who. I might even look at an Ashcroft this week or I'm not sure. Yeah, too early to tell. Yeah, um, But apart from that, yeah, people can find me on Twitter at TimGuestAU. Apart from that, guys, thanks for joining us. Have a great week and we will catch you all again at the same time. Well, not like the same time next week, but you know the time. So we'll see you then. <laughs> see ya. See ya. See ya.